0: To American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Um, there's a number of things I want to get to here. I've got some audio as well, and w- w- one of the one of the stories that kind of hit over the last day or so, which again I, I just it continues to shock me that this surprises anybody. But I'm not going to play the audio because it's not worth it, and it's not even worth covering. But I'm just going to bring it up quickly. Is that The obvious nature of, uh, as I've said on this podcast a million times, with the critical race theory garbage, is that apparently when a professor admits that critical race theory is Marxist, that somehow becomes news. I never would have guessed that. I mean, I, I never would have thought to myself that such an obvious thing would become newsworthy. But the Gateway Pundit covered it. Other outlets covered it. Oh, look, we've got this audio from the Zoom call where this, uh, I think it's Villanova, if I'm not mistaken, Villanova uh, professor, black professor was talking about how uh, critical race theory is the foundation of Marxism and it's the best way to get Marxism into the classroom and everybody's, all, all the other sheep and sheeple that are in on the Zoom call who are other professors all just nodding their sheeple heads. In agreement and taking notes furiously and blah blah blah, as this person just spits out nonsense. But why anybody is shocked by that at this point um, just blows me away. I just don't under—I don't understand it. Oh look, we caught somebody horrible saying something horrible. No way, really. It's not newsworthy, really. Um, but so there—there there was that. And that happened actually this past weekend on, on a couple of occasions. There was another, uh, an, another white professor who's dressed in African garb. And I don't understand that, but you, I mean you can't make that up. And there's a video out there of her and she's talking about, again, critical race theory, its importance, um, and how people are racist and blah, blah, blah. Again, are we shocked that these people exist? Are we shocked that this attitude is out there? and i've i've again i've covered it way too much way more than i wanted to but it really doesn't require my time it's not worth it's not worth playing the audio i know i've already given it at least 2 minutes here but uh, yeah that's that so i think this is a far more pressing issue and and this next thing that i want to bring up because it really does sort of get to the heart of what's going on at the local level and I'm going to mention this Loudoun County story and play the audio as well because it's a huge issue. And as I've said in the past, it's the people that are running these organizations and these school boards and these school districts. They can have all the bad ideologies they want. And you can outlaw as many of their of their own ideologies as dangerous as they are, whether they be genital mutilation or critical race theory or whatever it is. Um These things should be outlawed, no doubt. But if you don't get rid of the people, they'll simply pick another ideology to push through and to push on other people. Because again, freedom and independence, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and academic rigor, and the English language, these are not their focus. These things are, are not things that they care about. They are interested in turning their profession into a playground of immorality. So when they go to work, they know that they're getting paid to basically do whatever they want whenever they want and then push it on other people so, what, so that when those people aren't doing what they want – Then they do whatever they can to get rid of those people, and it happens all of the time. And as of right now, it's happened to this physical education teacher in Loudoun County, which again has been brought up at the national level and local level in countless school districts, which by the way, (laughs) is hilarious. That brings up another point, and I'm going to play his audio here in a minute, and lots of people I know have already heard it, but I I, want to get into it because of what's happened after the fact and how he's lawyered up and everything else. Um. The, the fact is this, if, if you're working in a school district and countless other school districts in other states outside of your district know about you, that's not a good thing. That's always a bad thing. Always. They never go, hey, have you heard about Loudoun County? You can say that in Oregon. And they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. And that's saying something. Because if someone in Oregon knows that Loudoun County is a cesspool in Virginia, then that should tell you all you need to know. You could bring it up in Alaska and they'd be like, Loudoun County, Virginia? Oh, that place is terrible. It's not a compliment. That's the other thing that these people just don't understand is that when, again, the idea of effectiveness comes with and is supposed to come with some humility, and it's supposed to come with the idea that you can accomplish without having to boast about it. And if people, by the way, are consistently bringing up your county in a negative light, that means you're all doing something that's really wrong. It's beyond common sense, but for the brainwashed, they have no idea. Oh, they're they're talking about us. Well, good. Uh, there's more eyes on our county, and that's the way that it should be. And yes, at least they're. Who knows? Maybe they'll learn something, and maybe they'll want to come here and teach. And bub- no, no, people are running from you. They're running away. If they hear about you in New Mexico or Texas, they're going. Oh God, yeah, Loudon County's awful. We'll we'll never go there. We'll never teach there, and I'm shocked anybody does. They hire their own. And they're getting rid of the best. So here's an audio clip from a physical education teacher in Loudoun County who has now been placed on administrative leave after speaking to, this, to their school board. And again, I might add, as a school teacher, speaking to a school board is like putting a giant target on your back. It really is. Which is why, at many school board meetings, you have parents who will show up and represent 50 teachers or 100 teachers or 200 teachers. And they'll say, I'm here on behalf of 200 teachers in your district for, because they're afraid of retribution. Again, that right there should tell you that the people running the show need to go. So here's the audio.
1: Byron Cross
0: my name is tanner cross and i am speaking out of love for those who suffer with gender dysphoria 60 minutes this past sunday interviewed over 30 young people who transitioned but they felt led astray because lack of pushback or how easy it was to make physical changes to their bodies in just three months they are now detransitioning it's not my intention to hurt anyone but there are certain truths that we must face when ready we condemn school policies like 80 40 and 80 35 because it will damage children defile
1: defile the holy image of god I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa, because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's
0: abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. So first of all, right out of the gate, the school board member gets the teacher's name wrong. That should be about all you need to know about how focused they are. I mean, my God, if you don't even know the people's names and the list is right in front of you, you're either illiterate or you're not paying attention. Um, Okay, so the follow-up to this comes from the Washington Gazette. And uh, it says here, quote, On Friday, the Alliance Defending Freedom sent a letter to Loudoun County Public Schools on behalf of an elementary school teacher who was suspended by administration at Leesburg Elementary School for an elementary school, kids. Jeez Louise. Uh, I just oh, wow. For objecting to two proposed school regulations during a school board meeting's public comments period, the regulations would have required him to call students by their preferred gender as opposed to their biological sex. The teacher Tanner Cross objected at the meeting, stating it violated his religious beliefs to call students anything other than their biological sex. Tanner was placed on administrative leave two days after the meeting, according to the letter from the school, and that he was, quote, pending an investigation of allegation that he engaged in conduct that had a disruptive impact on the operations of Lieberg Elementary School, unquote. Now think about that for a minute. And, and he, his case is not new. I mean, that's really something that, that has to resonate with everybody here and that you have to get your arms around, is that this is not new. This has been happening for a very long time. That if you call someone their biological name in a classroom setting, you could lose your job. Think about that. It, there's nothing logical about it. Nothing at all. Uh, continues, quote, Tyson Langhofer, director of the Alliance Defending Freedom Center for Academic Freedom, said in a statement that public schools have no business compelling teachers to express ideological beliefs that they don't hold, but it's beyond the pale to suspend someone simply for respectfully providing their opinion at a public meeting, which is what such meetings are designed for. Multiple studies have confirmed that a person's body stays the biological sex it was created even after transition therapy. Genital mutilation is what it is. These studies have received very little media coverage despite being groundbreaking in the field. And then it goes on about the different kinds of studies. I'm going to read this just because it's it's fascinating and horrific, kind of all at the same time. Quote, The first study by Boston University's School of Medicine found that a man's own body will fight to preserve the chemical balances that keep him a man, even when testosterone therapy is in full swing. Another study found that the women who use testosterone therapy to become men still become pregnant if they have not removed their female parts. Very good. Further, a third study showed that testosterone therapy will not stop a woman from becoming pregnant and that all a woman has to do to return to normal is to stop therapy for three months, meaning their, bo- meaning their body fights to preserve their sex. However, the study also revealed that testosterone therapy failed to undo the natural biological prog- uh, process of secreting a fertility hormone and the, that the ovaries produce. Finally, the study found that women who take testosterone therapy had completely unchanged thickness in their uterus, meaning they still had just as much uh, of a chance as getting pregnant. And then it wraps up here. Additionally, a fourth study found that men who used hormone therapy to try to become women were able to produce sperm again after treatment stopped. Furthermore, the sperm was was of the same quality as sperm that had come from someone who did not try hormone therapy. This signifies that the body did not stop being its biological sex. It merely was flooded with chemicals and tried to upset the natural process when the chemicals were removed, the changes stopped. Providing the sex never changed in the first place. That's right, because you can't. You can't. You uh, 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 again. You have to keep in mind. We're talking about a elementary school physical education teacher who is around elementary school students, and and it's the administration that wants them to brainwash their own students, other people's children into believing that they are something that they are not. Or that if one student, and and again, my God, just there's so many things here. That if one student in a room, and we'll say this because this is just to provide some context, physical education classes are the biggest of all the classes that exist in K-12 schools. By the numbers, they just are. You have more boys and girls in one concentrated area in a physical education class than you do in any other class that exists in a school, period. It's always been that way. It will probably always be that way. But the very nature that you have adults in this environment allowing, say, for example, one student in a physical education class of, we'll say for the sake of argument, 50 people, 50 other students, that one student Raises their hand and says something like, "I was offended that you called me a boy when I'm a girl, when I want to be a girl." And it's like, "But but you're a boy. Yeah, but I want to be a girl, and I want you to call me whatever. I want you to call me Diane, but my real name is Dave." Uh, the simple fact that that teacher would lose their job because an elementary school student is brainwashed and not well. That's a serious issue to say the least. Um, Again, the legal action, he has more than enough legal ground to, to retain his job. I wish that there were more lawyers that would team up and go after these school boards that are doing this, but I also wish that there were more parents who would run against these school board members and organize in such a way to get rid of them. And, and make sure that they have all the necessary paperwork worked out so that they can, in fact, remove them. And again, it depends on the voting machines that are being used and who's counting the votes. And I've been over that before, but th- that's, that's the next step because we can cross our fingers and, 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 and wish that these people will go away and that their ideologies will go away, but they won't. They won't. Even after a lot of pushing back against a particular ideology, if the person remains, then that person will find some other nefarious thing to bring up to hurt people. And that's what they're doing in that district. So with that in mind, I wanted to mention this too, because again, this is sort of the playbook and this is playing out on this podcast on a, on a week-in, week-out basis. And we've been going after Nelson County, Kentucky for quite some time. And Vanessa Hurst has been providing me a lot of information on this, and it's worth bringing up. So I asked her, I said, send me a list of the board members in Nelson County. Send me the information of when they are up, when, the, when their positions are up, and then what I'll do is is I'll just continuously mention it on the podcast. I'll bring them up by name, and I'll remind everybody, in particular the individuals that live in that area, that these are the people you have to go after. These are the people you have to beat. And this is when you have to get your paperwork in because it's actually pretty simple. I mean, having read through this, it's not a difficult process and it's probably the same process in pretty much every single school district, in every single county, depending on how the school districts are broken up. Again, some states it's at the county level. An entire county is a school district. In other other places, there are multiple school districts within a county. So... Here we go. I'm just going to read right through this. She says this, quote, Nelson County has five districts for for the school board. Uh, They are the same as our magisterial districts. So District 1, the New Haven area, is Jeff Dickerson, and he's up for re-election in 2022. Jeff Dickerson is up for election in 2022. In District 2, the Bardstown-Cox's Creek area, Diane Berry is up for re election in 2024. In District th- District 3, the Boston area, Tracy Bowling is up for election in 2024. In District 4, the Bardstown Botland area, if I'm saying that right, Diane Breeding is up for election in 2022. And in District 5, the Bloomfield area, Damon Jackie is up for election in 2024. So, Nelson County, you have two individuals whose time is up in 2022. We're talking about not this coming November, but the following. So here are the directions. It says this, For the 2022 elections, districts 1 and 4 filings open November 3rd, 2021, and the deadline is early January 2022. County clerk didn't have an exact date yet. So, if you're going to run against these people, which you have to, and beat them, which you have to, you have to have your paperwork filed the day of November 3rd or the days after. I would get in there as soon as humanly possible, on that day or November 4th, and get it in. And then it says... Uh, this right here, quote, for the 2024 elections, districts two, three, and five, the filing would open in November of 2023, and the deadline would be in January of 2024. That means you should be on the front stoop of that building, filling out the paperwork to run against these people the very first day that you're allowed to. Don't wait one more day and then you start making your yard signs, and then you get a gab page or a telegram page, and then you, you, you start networking and you get the word out so that you can have a direct contact with students, teachers, parents as to who you're running against, why you're running against them, and how you're going to take something that's apparently very complicated, because they're all making it complicated with K-12 education in America, and you're going to make it very, very simple. No more mask wearing abuses, no more satanic six feet apart social distancing rituals, none of that. All of that's gone. You run on that and you and you tell people, again, I recommend Telegram and Gab. Because what you're gonna do with Telegram and Gab is not only are you gonna get people over on Telegram and Gab as social media outlets, but you're going to draw them over. To uh, to a completely different educational avenue, where they're going to learn a lot of new things, and they're going to have those old illusions crushed under the weight of truth, and that has to happen. So, with that aside, it also says this: "Quote, filing requirements to run for school board per Kentucky School Board Association and Nelson County Clerk: A copy of your high school transcript or state-issued equivalency diploma or a GED transcript has to be issued." So, all you need is a high school diploma to run for school board. That's it. You have to have an appointment of campaign treasurer, an optional request for reporting exemption obtained from the Kentucky Registry of Election Finance at their website, kref.ky.gov. This needs to be completed electronically and submitted then the completed form printed to be with the county clerk along with other filing materials. A campaign finance form obtained from the county clerk. uh, An affidavit for school board candidacy and membership obtained from the county clerk. Nominating petition obtained from the county clerk must have at least two signatures of registered voters in the same district and a $20 filing fee. That's it. So you need to meet with a county clerk. Ask for all the necessary paperwork, but make sure that you're going in knowing what you need. Because again, even though the county clerk is supposed to do their job, and even the county clerk uh, is supposed to abide by the law, by telling you the factual information all up front, don't assume they will. Don't make that assumption. So you need to go in there knowing more than they do about what you need. That way, if they don't give you something, you know what they haven't given you. So keep that in mind, Nelson County, because again, it's it can't be much different in any other school district. It can't be. It has to be pretty much exactly the same process. There are papers that need to be filled out. Not many, I'm sure. And come on, a $20 fee and a high school diploma, that's all you need? It's that simple. Then spend some money on yard signs. Put some, tape some flyers to people's mailboxes. Use the words that need to be used that are truthful to shake people to their core. We have a communistic school district. We have communists here. We have communist infiltration. Our school district is filled with Marxists. They want your children hurt. They want people damaged. They want this work-to-work communistic pop uh, pipeline, so to speak, from the age of three all the way through 18 and beyond. They're not interested in reading, writing, and arithmetic. They aren't interested in these things. And then you have to have a platform, again, like Telegram or Gab. And I recommend both for a variety of reasons. Gab also has Gab TV, so you can put out videos on Gab TV and not worry about getting them censored on YouTube or anything else. You can do the same thing with Telegram. You can upload videos on Telegram. Everybody's phone who is linked into your Telegram account will receive a notification and a beep. You pick it up and, oh, look, it's a new message from the person who's running for Nelson County School Board. And then there you have it. Because your current school board isn't doing this. Your current school board won't do this because they want to hide their messages. They're looking to hide what they want to do, and they're, they're looking to hide the truth from all of you. But if you use these platforms, the patriots and the freedom-loving Americans that are out there who are running for school board, if you use those platforms, it will help you get your message across to the people in your area. It's a tip. These are all just tips. This is my recommendation. If I was there and I was running for school board, that's exactly what I would be doing. That's what I would do. So take that for what you want, but the information is available. Again, re-listen to what I just said about who is up in that district, when they're up, who you need to run against, and you need to organize beforehand so that you can select some people. My recommendation is that you not select any of the old guard, so to speak. Do not select the good old boys. Do not do that. Don't do that. And you don't want quote-unquote new blood either. That This is where it gets tricky. All you need are common-sense individuals who are fine with the word no, and they have no problem saying the word no all of the time, and voting things down, and standing up for the hard-working teachers of that district or any district. That's exactly what has to happen. And then you have to fire your superintendent. That's it. And then, as I've said in the past, you have to clean house. You have to go through that district office and get rid of everybody. Director of human resources, lawyer, secretaries, you name it. You get rid of them. Fire them. They're on year-in, year-out contracts. Cut them loose. Any investigator that's there, fired. Any resource officers that are there, replace them. It's the only way. It's the only way you get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic and academic rigor instead of all the games, gimmicks, and communistic nonsense. Now here's the last thing I wanted to bring up, and again, this this is quote-unquote coronavirus-related. But I came across this video, and I tossed it on my Gab account, and it's a company that is called Novavax, N-O-V-A-V-A-X. And anybody can look this up on YouTube, because the video's on there, and again, they're touting it like it's an excellent thing. It's the latest craze. And I, I saw this coming a mile away and I thought, well, there it is. It's, it's happening already. This Novavax company is creating yet another coronavirus vaccine, which we know is not a vaccine. It's another gene manipulator, an RNA destroyer, immune system compromiser. Only this time Not only are they going to offer it separately as they're currently testing it now, and I'm sure it's killing all the animals just like the other ones did, but they're going to be including the coronavirus portion of this shot in with the flu shot. So it's a two-for-one deal. But of course, it's no deal at all because it'll kill you. So the idea, again, is that an individual now would be on some regimented flu-slash-coronavirus shot on a year-in, year-out basis until they're dead. That's their plan. They pretty much say it, except for the dead part. Everything else they say. Well, we we assume that this would be a year-in, year-out thing, and you know, it'd be a booster, and it would help them, and blah blah blah, you know, until they're dead, because that's really the plan here. The plan is to do this until it kills enough people. It's population control, and all of the games, gimmicks, and nonsense, ladies and gentlemen, that are taking place in American K-12 schools are purposeful deceptions. They are purposefully designed to get people away from learning the facts and learning the truth. And there's already way too many schools bribing students to take these jabs, requiring them. I've covered that at length. I'm going to keep talking about that because it's already happening. It's already come out now that 86% of the 12 to 17-year-olds that are taking these jabs, 86% of them have immediate adverse effects. That's called poison. <laughs> that's that's called poison. That's not called, oh, well, it's a side effect. No, that's called poisoning. It's not, well, it just takes time to work, and that's a sign that it's working. Yes, the poison is working. That's what that means. It's absolute lunacy. And there was a, again, I'm going to just close out by saying this, there was an excellent post on Gab and it said, if, what, if, if all of this is really so effective, why is it that they have to bribe, coerce, intimidate, and use a giant propaganda media campaign to get people to take it? If it's that effective, why do they have to do all of those things? It's because they know that they're playing to the satanic part of what exists inside of some people for materialistic purposes. Whether it be receive cash, take a trip, get free college, whatever it is. A free donut, a free tank of gas. And then they know that those people will brag about it. It's absolutely horrific. And I'm going to end with this last story. And again... I recommend you pray for these people. I really, really do. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this, and this was absolutely heartbreaking. I could play the audio, but I I uh well, you know what? Yeah, I will play the audio. Give this a listen, and I'm gonna explain what this is. This is a f fa- this is a, a daughter recording her father talking to her and pleading with her, offering her two thousand dollars cash to not take the jabs. He's pleading with her. He knows more than anybody else in the family does. Everybody else in the family, including his wife and other and other son and daughter, have taken the jabs. He has not, never will. He's pleading with his final daughter to not take the jabs. And listen what happens. Here we go. It's not by
1: definition a vaccine. Then what is it? It is, it, it is a human trial. It is it is genetic therapy. It's not a vaccine. It doesn't fall under the category of a vaccine. It's not FDA approved. Why are you trying to buy me off with it, though? Because I love you. Why do you think I want to buy you off? I, I don't want money, though. Like I know you don't, but I don't know what else to do. You didn't do this to Michael and Kelsey. They already
2: got it. You don't think I know that.
1: Don't you think I know that? Why do you think I'm fucking crazy?
2: Your mother got it. Why do you think I'm fucking crazy? My family is gone. My family is gone. By the end of this flu season, most of you will be dead. What the fuck do you expect me to be? Okay.
1: Hey everyone, this is part two of my video I posted yesterday that kind of blew up. Um, I just wanted to start off by saying thank you for all your support. It really means a lot to me. Today, I got the vaccine, so and my dad doesn't know that because he would just freak out again if I told him. So I shared that video with you all because that's just a snippet of what my life with him is like. Um, he reacts that way to anything that doesn't go his way. So I felt like it was time to bring light to that because I'm an adult and I can choose to do that. So, um, so I did that. And um, you can not like that and move on or you can agree or you can support me in that. It's up to you. I can't really tell you what to do.
0: See, there's so many angles here, but here's one of the more interesting points, I think, is that the individuals taking these jabs think that they're making a choice. Well, I chose to do it, and I'm making a choice. You didn't choose anything. Somebody else chose for you. Someone else chose for you, and those people want you dead. These jabs are deadly, now and in the future. So this business of making a choice, well, I just chose it because it was the best choice for me. No. No. You sound like a robot. And again, why would a dad do such a thing? Because he care because he's crazy? No. He does it because he cares about you. But you're so blind that you don't know that. So blind that you don't know that. And just to summarize this, because again, this is a big point, and it's something that's going on in lots of businesses and lots of families and lots of relationships, but I thought that this particular post from Lynn Wood on Telegram summed it up perfectly, and I just wanted to end this episode by reading this. It says, quote, What was Jesus conveying in Luke twelve fifty one to 53 when he said, He came to divide us? God is certainly not in the business of dividing families, and yet he does. Jesus was saying that he came to divide us between believers and non-believers. The divisions between family and friends and business colleagues heal when the involved parties become believers. They do not divide if the involved people are already believers. Our country was formed under God. United we stand, divided we fall. Our country will unite when we return God back into our lives, our schools, and our government. Our common belief in Jesus Christ will unite us. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Asking for a friend. Now I'm going to end on a positive note here. And this is a fantastic thing. So again, we've got a nine-year-old female student speaking at a school board meeting. I don't know which school board. I don't know where, but it's clearly in America. This was tossed my way. Give this a listen.
2: Okay. Uh, Okay. Um... My mom told me if I got scared, just picture the crowd naked. But don't worry, you still have your masks on in my head. <laughs> Hi, my <laughs> Hi, my name is Novely. I'm nine years old in fourth grade at Lakeview Elementary. My purpose to explain my point of view um, on how this year and how it affected me. I hate math, social distancing. I hate distant learning. I hate constantly being told it to do. I hate teachers say the new normal, and I hate being treated like a little germ no one can touch. The school is trying to take away my people, what I think and feel, and I cannot say anything but what their point of view is. They have take I can't even pick out where I play at recess, and now they pick out who I play with, and these, r- these ridiculous things make no sense. They even control my breathing. They... They make us wear outside when we're lining up. When I simply ask why, they say, oh, just for safety. They blame everything in the name of safety. I don't even know why they keep the masks on children. Deep inside, none of them like it. Masks are suffocating. Kids are constantly gasping for air. My little sister's friends are always bullying her into fear that she needs to have her mask. My little brother, Hollis, did not recognize his teacher without his mask on. It was how the teacher walked past and he saw the teacher from the from the behind. Um, also when some of my friends are masked, they have red rashes on their face where the masks are. It makes me sick when I hear kids yelling at other put their masks on, or when I hear teachers say, you're going to kill everyone if you don't have your, when Trump was in office and I would talk about him at school, all the teachers were, we don't talk about that. Now, when we talk about Biden, a liar, cheater and a breaker, it's totally acceptable to talk about him. I think that's double standard. School is a place where you learn many points of views, not just one. Everything is always being respectful and can take a little criticism or a different opinion. Please stop this madness. Stand up for us and get constraints. Courage is contagious. So be courageous.
0: Nine years old. That person is nine years old. Do you hear the English language out of her mouth? The fluency? Just beyond her message. Her message is amazing. But she's looking at those adults and telling them that they're shit to their faces without without cursing, of course. But that's what she's saying. It's absolutely incredible. Nine years old. Those parents are doing it correctly. That's an example of how it's done. God bless America. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.